You have two new voice messages and four saved messages. Message marked for deletion. Hey, y'all, it's Susan. It's been a minute since y'all had an episode to chew on, so I'm going to give you a quick recap to help you through the next hour. Marva got on the bus to head back to Park Slope. She's going to spill the tea about Lydia not being with her when she told her mom she would be. Y'all remember that, right? Lydia lied to her mother and put Marva in the middle, and Lucinda called Marva while Lucinda was barking like a dog and rolling around in the mud in Prospect Park, right? And Marva told her Lydia was with her and having her period and she was going to take care of her. Remember that? Well, Marva is on her way to set the record straight because she's the honest one in all this mess. Mitch, Lucinda's husband and Lydia's dad, Mitch left them. Remember that? He just up and left, left his wallet, his keys, his phone, all that crap, and just walked into the ether. What a dick. He talked last episode about how they tried and tried to have a baby and about how much he loved his daughter, but that romantic love is kind of difficult. And then, well, like he walked away again. Well, get ready is all I can say. Lucinda. We know Lucinda was writing a blog, right? She used to write a blog. She blogged for years, and it sounded like she kind of hated being a parent in that blog, and that she's having a miscarriage of passing out while running. And we also remember that the last time we saw her, she had thrown herself at Matt, the real estate marine guy with the hot wife, while he was minding his own business trying to host an open house for some crappy little ground floor unit somewhere in Park Slope. Anyway, she tried to kiss him, and then they cracked skulls and both passed out, and then Matt came too and was like, I'm out of here. You get up and get the fuck out too. And he left her there to clean up her own spew. And Lucinda was like, please don't leave me. And then who should call but her husband, Mitch. Mitch, you do that day. That's right. Lastly, y'all might have noticed that there's lots of birds around. And Lydia is still hanging in space with the witch. And now y'all remember there seems to be a couple of other people up in there with her. Namely, Nora Lee, Lucinda's mom and Lydia's grandmother. And Dorothy, that crazy vacant old lady from episode one. Y'all are going to know what that shit's all about real soon. Oh, and Lucinda was up in there, too, for a minute. Remember that? Why is Lydia hanging in space with pieces of the women all around her? Stay tuned. All caught up? Let's light this candle. To replay this message, press 1. To delete, press 7. The messages must be read. I'm all saved. <laughs> Deletion. <laughs> I turn on to Lydia's street. There are so many other things I should be doing. So many things I ought to be doing, but I got dragged in. I know when she finds out I came here, she's going to be straight up delirious with rage, which with her means she's going to suck her teeth and throw a little bit of her purple hair over her shoulder and ignore me, like hard. My palms are cold. I am brave. I am trying. I am doing the right thing, I tell myself, over and over and over. I'm walking fast up the block, figuring out what I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it short, and I'm not going to apologize. I don't have anything to apologize for. I'm just going to tell the truth. I know she's gone off somewhere and gotten herself into some kind of bad situation. She's my friend. I'm paying attention. Lucinda blew up my phone looking for her, and I've called and reached out and whatever they say many, many, many fucking times. And even if she is with Rollo, 
I know for real that that shit could not have lasted three texts, much less a whole dozen plus, like, 15 phone calls. I don't have much boy experience, but, like, no way. I look around as I walk, my head swiveling. I tell myself to chill. Red bricks, wrought iron, gas lamps out front. Like a six foot by six foot square grass with like 14 bags of potting soil and a wheelbarrow next to it. Right next to the garbage cans, which are kept up in a wooden box that looks more expensive than our living room furniture. I hate love, this neighborhood, you know? Picture windows, stained glass, big open rooms with beams in the ceiling. All these things that if you take them one by one are pretty ordinary. Stairs to take you up, stairs to take you down. Window to look out, rooms to sit in. Warm, so you're not out there naked and vulnerable. Just houses, simple things. I figure out what I'm gonna say. I could, like, go in the side door and say, uh, derp, I just wanted you to know I thought a lot about your phone call blurb and I reached out to Lydia and I do have some information, but, but no, fuck that. No, I'm going to say what I know. We may not have so much time. Lydia told you she was with me, but she's not with me. And now she's ghosted and like, get your shit together. Y'all had a kid, care and feeding. She's not answering her texts, which is like not normal. It's not my job to get her out of messes she makes. I'm pissed at her, actually. And, and, and what if she's in trouble? And I say nothing. Like, then it's my fault. I can hear it now. <laughs> no, no. We are all better than these same tired stories. Girl dead, girl missing. Why are we always going missing? Why can't we just go wandering, exploring, and then come home with a great story to tell? Until then, until that's the world, I know what I have to do. And then... I see Lucinda. She's running down from the park. She looks like an oyster with legs. Ugh, gray and sweaty as fuck, even from a distance. Oh my God, she is for real like the ring with that creepy sideways broken ass spine all bent over, all hair hanging down, coming through the television to fuck your world all the way up. I might be exaggerating, but the effect is like demonic. Y'all just gonna have to take my word for it. I am not getting sucked into any drama. I am spilling the tea about Lydia, this radio silence situation. She met somebody, she said, and then I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'll go get a Vietnamese sandwich and wait for Lydia to blow up my phone after she is padlocked up in her room forever. And I'll just look at it sitting on the table while she texts me how much she hates my fucking ass. I mean, I'm hoping it's all okay. I mean, I'm hoping, but I can't really know. And if it isn't, I mean, well, I hate how I feel. She'll think I did this to mess her up. People who keep secrets always jump in right to betrayal. You betrayed me. I feel bad, but fuck. I mean, betrayal is like surprise at your unfulfilled expectations of me, right? But really, it's just that I don't accept your expectations as my responsibility. I shouldn't have to explain this to grown-ass people. I keep approaching. Lucinda's like the motherfucking walking dead, only with high-end workout wear and less self-awareness. She could use some serious self-care, but whatever, I keep pushing ahead. She slows down and stops in front of her house. She grabs hold of the stone banister and, and is swaying like a branch in a thunderstorm. 
She's about to step onto the first step when she stops and looks down and then starts patting herself and pulls a phone out of her jacket pocket. She stumbles backwards, looks at her phone. She falls down backwards, lands hard on her ass. I'm like, damn, and start running towards her. I mean, she's a mess and I really just want to get this over with and get to Honko's, but she's a human being. She raises up, looks at her phone. She takes one step forward, braces herself on the steps. She raises her head. She's looking at the door. She's like, WTF. She starts, oh shit, she starts crying. For a second it's like that, don't look at me, I'm just tired, cry, holding onto the kitchen counter that like moms do and they just can't even, but then it's serious. Real serious. And that's when shit goes fucking haywire. What's happening? Pay it no mind. What's happening? Pay it no mind. There's no more pain, hmm. I'm glad to hear that. I've been waiting for it to go away for a very long time. Am I sleeping? I'm not sure, hon. I'm so fucking tired. Watch your language now, hon. Profanity with no apology, that's progress. What is the point of all this? To withstand. That's so bleak. Is there time here? You're repeating yourself. Am I only an idea now? Hush, darling. Now there's an idea. There's an idea, yes, an idea, an idea. Are you still there, Nana? I am here. I am here. I am here. Always here. Will you answer that for me, please? Someone cares where I am. I'm afraid I can't. I don't know who you are. Fuckballs. A lot can happen in six hours. You can fly from New York to Los Angeles. You can split an atom trillions of times. You can make a person or lose a person. I send the Uber away because fuck that. I wave off the driver, then shrug when he rolls down the window and says, Matt, in a pretend befuddled way, demanding my attention despite my having waved him off. He honks at me. I turn in spite of myself. He smiles, a leering smile. I know this smile. He thinks there's a reason I'm stumbling, disheveled, out of a dark little apartment after somebody named Matt has summoned an Uber to this address. And there is, but not the gross one he imagines. I turn away from him and begin walking toward the park. He watches my ass. I am dying, but I have always had a decent ass. But it takes a special kind of degenerate to leer at the special ass of a 40-something quasi-widow who is visibly in the midst of a crisis. And yet, I blush. Even after everything, a moment's attention from some random dude thrills me. You need a ride? He calls after me, a glib, suggestive edge in his voice. Do I need a ride? Fuck you, ride a pork sausage, dick. 
but what do I really expect? Do I expect him to wish me well at the same time he's objectifying me? I console myself by reminding myself that a decade and a half of therapy enables me to be honest with myself about how pathetic I am. I'm fine. I did my work. I'm just in a rough patch. I'm having a spell. It's not going to kill me anymore. My legs feel wobbly. The Uber passes me. The driver revs his engine and races to the corner, his tires squealing like fucking Dale Earnhardt as he makes the turn by the park. He wants me to know he thinks I'm shit. All women know this feeling. When a man wants you to know, he thinks you're shit. I'm nauseous with hunger, shaking a little. I fantasize, I will jog the few blocks home. I'm instantly dizzy. I list toward a parallel parked Honda and I'm suddenly stumbling into a tree well. I brace myself against the tree's trunk, narrowly escape mangling my shins on the little wrought iron fence. I'm only four blocks from home. I'm almost home. I'll take it slow. I'll take it slow. I'll rest on the stoops of Park Slope, one at a time. Rest next to empty terracotta pots and ceramic planters and toddler chalk doodles of cheerful flowers and smiling stick figures. Lean my head on one of these comically wee compost buckets. I will watch the sky fade to indigo. The stars come out. Venus, show her face. There will be one last burst of sunlight and it will spill down my street like a wave of melted butter. I remember I'm hungry. Before I go inside my house, before I go inside and consider all that has happened today is happening, consider that I actually have misplaced all the marbles and that I actually may need a little help. I will buy two pints of ice cream and eat them one after the other, sitting atop the toilet lid in the first floor half bath. I walk half a block and sit on the stoop of an old gray stone building. My heart is pounding, my breathing fast. I think of what it would be to live here in, maybe in the parlor in the front, the once living room converted into a studio apartment, one big room, a kitchenette in the corner, a bathroom the size of a cupboard, to the insane tune of maybe three grand a month. It would be like my 20s in Chicago, except $2,500 costlier and without any hope. I'll get a cat and a VCR and some crap from linens and things. Is there linens and things anymore? Lectures? Or is it just Bed Bath and Beyond now? With apologies to George Carlin, RIP. And I will have to move. He wanted the house. He said it was for me, but I know about the king and his castle. We will have to move, Lydia and I. Lydia. Lydia. Mom! I hear a caw, a weird caw. There's an evergreen across the street. I can never remember what kind it is. It's tall, its branches sag, needles weep. I look up. I expect to see a red-tailed hawk or something somewhere in the top, but it's not a hawk. It's a crow. Maybe a raven. Fuck. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's watching me, little fucker. I lean my temple against the stone railing. I look at my hands. They're filthy, my skin like a cadaver's. There's a chubby blue plastic ring left at the bottom of the steps. It goes to a set of stackable rings. I remember them well, we had them. 
They were made of environmentally sound corn plastic with natural vegetable dye hues, and Lydia had zero interest in them. She just wanted to be held. She wanted to be held and looked at and talked to, and I couldn't take a piss without her crying on the other side of the closed door until I opened the door and let her sit in my lap until I finished. I suddenly remember an afternoon, Lydia, almost five, three months before my parents dumped me like trash for telling the truth. There we are, me and Lydia at her preschool carnival, an end-of-the-year treat with a bounce house and hot dogs and face painting and prizes. I'd volunteered to help set up and then man the bake sale for an hour. I'd also wanted to chat up another mom, a woman who owned a popular Pilates studio and ludicrously expensive boutique in the North Slope. Still does, come to think. I'd been charged with featuring some of the professional moms in the neighborhood. Moms with real professions, not weblogs about their shitty upbringings and child-rearing foibles, on the blog, to shake up the content and broaden my reach and make me more valuable as a contributor. Actually, my editor, Suzanne, had suggested it because she said I was beginning to repeat myself, and my clicks were down, and maybe I'd gotten a little too negative. Perhaps I'd gone overboard with all the ironic takes on everyday headaches of child-rearing and spilled too many beans about grody things like child molestation and physical abuse and, well, that's depressing. Could we lighten things the fuck up? Aim for inspiration, I think, were her exact words. And from a deep well of panic, I said, a dope-on-the-slope type deal with the motherhood slant? And she'd said, uh, like, moms in rehab? And then looked at me like she was passing a stone. And I said, no, like, talking to women in the neighborhood who aren't me about their experiences of motherhood. Inside info, the dope. Tying it in with their businesses and offering coupon codes or something. All this seemed like a great idea to me in the moment. The moment I was trying to save this pitiful little thing I'd carved out for myself. Until I remembered that then it would be an entirely different thing than what it was. I was mean mommy. I had problems, and the blog was about that. I was being honest about struggling, even though on paper everything was fine. Love, kid, job, home, goals. I was a woman, just doing the best I could in the moment, not performing fucking sainthood. I wasn't a brand. Or that was my brand, Xanax, not Crystal Light. Anyway, I had managed to take the lid off one container of Rice Krispie Treats before Lydia had a meltdown and demanded I play with her instead. I say, you can help me with the bake sale, or you can go play with your class by the doodle cars. I'll be right here the whole time. We'll see each other the whole time. She chooses to hide under the bake sale table and push blades of grass into my sandals. Finally, her class is summoned to the bounce house for their turn. It's a big bounce house, one that starts with a climb up a ramp and then a slide down a big rainbow-colored wave into the bouncy part. Lydia's been marginally excited for her class's turn, but then, as it approaches, she turns fearful and hesitant and sticks to me like a little pint-sized octopus by the bake sale table, pulling on my clothes and begging me to do the bounce house with her. I'm too big, it'll pop, I say, throwing out the usual opening salvo, the light joke, while handing off a cupcake. Come now, she says, pushing her head into my stomach. It's gonna be super fun. Just look at that thing, it's awesome. I wrestle her off and throw out salvo number two, outsized fun. 
but I feel annoyance settling in my chest like a balled-up baby porcupine. No, it won't, she reasons, whining loudly, pulling her sundress up over her head. If you don't at least try, I'm gonna have no choice but to stick a cat up your butt. Salvo three, absurdity, cats and butts, usually gets at least a giggle, but not today. Nope, today it gets a hard slap to my arm. Really hard. Hey, we don't hit. No! She wails and throws herself down on the ground, literally face down. I lick my lips, rub my nose. At this very moment, I spot Pilates mom, the woman I've told Suzanne I'm going to chat up, and Lydia's bullshit starts to grate on me. I'm suddenly scarlet-faced, embarrassed. That's her goal, and she's succeeding at it, says my lizard brain. She's trying to make me look weak. I feel less than perfect, and like the reason I have so many stories to blog about which involve extreme parental annoyance, contrasted with deep maternal love, is that I'm a terrible person with a kid that malfunctions often because I'm terrible. I don't consider once that parenting's hard and everybody struggles with everything. Nope, I'm just objectively terrible. Lydia, I say, in that ascending a flight of steep stairs mom voice. And she rolls toward me, grabs my leg. Pilates mom talks on her phone, whips her ponytail around. It's too high! Lydia screams, then cranks up the crocodile tears. I feel my body beginning to vibrate, blood rising up into my face. I hate this. I hate this. I fucking hate this. I give her breaks when she can't do something. Take a million deep breaths. Try not to lose my mind when she refuses to even try. I try to sympathize, be patient, to be a fucking adult. But I'm not an adult. I'm not. Not really. I'm a mass of anger and resentment most of the time. A spiritual three-year-old. I feel like throwing myself face down on the ground half the day. I promised myself when we were trying and failing to conceive that if God would give me a baby... I wouldn't shame her. I wouldn't make fun of her. I wouldn't hit her or keep her up at night yelling or molest her or allow anyone to molest her. Literally, I would fucking murder anyone who touched her with my bare hands. And I would be patient and not belittle her tiny, real human fears. And I would turn myself towards her all the time and be available and open and have boundless reserves of care and love and not make her feel like I regret her having been born. Most importantly... Though, I would prepare her for how little the fucking world really cares about women. But I would tell her the secret. We aren't supposed to know that nature is right. Women are the seat of creation. But we aren't allowed to live as nature intended us to live. I would tell her that nature is right, but the world is wrong about a billion things, and every day is a fight to figure out which is which. We tell ourselves we aren't our parents. But then... Without warning, we are, and we helplessly repeat all their fuck-ups. No. No, we fucking don't, I tell myself. I take a deep breath and plaster a smile on my face. It's just a big slide, I grind out. I haven't had my hot dog. Aha. The swerve into a different lane, usually into oncoming traffic. I use it to my advantage. Oh, You're right, I say, feigning enthusiasm, sliding my hands into her armpits and yanking her to her feet. I turn her around and push her in the middle of her back toward her class. You can have your hot dog after Bounce House, okay? Now go. I bark, still trying to be upbeat and not terrible. You'll miss your turn. She kicks the dirt. 
and stomps toward her little classmates who are lining up outside the rainbow wave. One of them, Daphne, runs to her and pulls her by the hand, laughing. Daphne hands her a little tinkly bracelet she's made at the bead table, and I think to myself, thank Christ, a freaking ally. I hand over the bake sale to someone else and go looking for Pilates' mom. I find her near the popcorn cart texting. I chat her up awkwardly. Blah, tell me more about Pilates, Blue. Oh, are you trying to get your body back? She says, giving me a clinical once-over. Oh, gosh, yes, I lie. I've actually been on a croissant and wine regimen since Lydia was born, blah, blah. I blog about, oh, you have a blog? She distractedly cuts me off, still texting. Maybe we could, blah, lunch? And she's cutting her eyes toward the cafe across the street, texting, mulling a latte, I can tell. Lunch? I say, too quickly, desperately. Maybe I'm actually getting somewhere with Pilates, Mom. Wow. And then suddenly Lydia slams into me from behind, knocks me off balance. And I pee my pants a little because childbirth. And then I laugh very loudly, inappropriately, because I'm fucking embarrassed. And when I do, a little fleck of saliva lands on Pilates, Mom's face. And my face undoubtedly contorts into a strange, unpleasant, shocked expression. And P-Mom grimaces at me. Lydia is crying. P-Mom, Claire, fine, her name is Claire, offers Lydia exaggerated sad eyes and then tries to divest herself of me, which makes me feel small and unimportant. So I try to regroup. I was getting somewhere, just act natural and go forward. And I aggressively attempt to hand her my card while wrestling with Lydia. I'm like, Houdini in chains, only going to drown because I can't get out of the fucking chains because they're alive and five years old. Thanks for the convo, but core sense skews edgier, I think, and we don't do coupons, she says, looking around. Why wouldn't a female Brooklyn business owner with a kid want free publicity on a reasonably popular parenting blog in a Brooklyn-focused online zine? Because I'm a shit show, that's why. Her phone rings. She pulls it from her Lululemon jacket pocket, answers it. She mouths, I have to take this. Fake smiles, turns and walks away. Lydia is now pushing her foot into the back of one of my knees, has her hands on the waistband of my pants. I can feel air on my crack. Fuck. Claire stops next to the origami table, talks for a second with her own child, presumably, points at the coffee joint across the street, tassels his hair, and then actually leaves. Her son doesn't cling to her like a freaking cobweb or pitch a whole freaking deal. He just makes a freaking origami Pikachu. And the cherry on the shit cake, as she gabs into her phone, is that she cleans out her workout hoodie pocket and throws my business card in the trash can, along with her used Ricola papers and deli receipts. Fucking cunt. This isn't Tribeca or Soho. There's nothing edgy out here. This is food co-op country. The tea lounge is the most happening place for 20 blocks square. Lydia yanks my arm, cries more. Fucking Claire skews away from us edgily towards a soy latte. I don't ask Lydia what's wrong. I just turn to her and say, what? Lydia, what? It's not that hard. Just, just jump up and down. And then I spin her around and push her back toward the bounce house line. My cheeks are crimson, hot. She's lucky I don't smack the taste out of her mouth for interrupting like that, ruining everything. 
I stomp away to get some goddamn lemonade or something. I need to calm down. I realize I don't have my purse. I left it at the bake sale table. I march back to retrieve it. I pass the bounce house line and see Lydia hanging back. She isn't online. She's just standing there a few paces behind the dad who's manning the flaps. She has her hands over her face and her legs are shaking and she looks scared. She looks up and sees me. Fuck, she runs over crying. What's wrong now, I say coldly. Still heading for my purse. She just cries. Lydia, I stop and say, and try to pull her hands from her face. She won't let me. Lydia, I say, loudly. I am disgusted with the whole situation. Why can't she just be normal? Why can't she just freaking walk 10 feet and stand online with her classmates like all the other confident, perfectly well-adjusted, happy preschoolers in line ahead of her, now in their second, third, maybe even 44th attempts through the goddamn bounce house? He hit me, she finally says, small and puny. I didn't exactly hear her. No, I hear her, but I want her to speak up. What? You did what? Who? I press. He hit me, she says, and points toward the man. The parent, the dad, manning the bounce house. He hit you? He wouldn't hit you, I say, incredulous. He hit me in the head, she said. He hit you in the head? The sound of dismissal clangs in my ears. I keep on at her, chipping away. You're just scared, that's all. You're just being a baby. Grown-ups don't hit kids in the head, which I know from experience is not true at all. I grab her by the arm and make to move toward the bounce house, make to march over there and put her in the line, but she won't budge. She wails and cries. He hit me in the head and made me fall. I pull her arm again. No, she says, stomps her feet and jumps up and down. Now she's making a scene. I kneel down before her again and say softly, seething, Lydia, you are going to go over there and face your fears. I scoop her in my arms, stand, and stomp toward the motherfucking rainbow wave. No! She wails. Bounce House Dad turns at the sound of her voice. He looks worried, genuinely so. Uh-oh, he says, genially. Why is he talking? Doesn't he realize he has a job to do, an important job? I glance up at him. He smiles at me. He's a full foot taller than me and looks like an affable, concerned praying mantis. She's just being a baby. I smile with a saccharine edge that I delude myself masks my extreme irritation. Lydia is kicking and arching her back, pummeling my shins with her toes. I clamp down on her like a vice and say into her ear, if you don't calm down, we will go home. Suddenly I'm full of rage and there will be no bounce house, no cotton candy, no hot dogs. I swear to fucking God. Time stops. There's an audible cosmic record scratch. Kids scream. Parents grab their children and run. Buildings crumble and the sky turns black and somewhere a police siren. The mantis cocks his head to the side. What now, guy? What the fuck now? He lifts his eyebrows, turns and faces me, arms at rest. Are you overwhelmed? He says, genuinely concerned. Lydia whimpers. 
She's rigid like a concrete slab in my arms now. I can tell she's compelled, though, by his tenderness and attention, particularly given that she is in the grip of a monster. Are you? He asks again, kindly, without accusation. I'm paralyzed. He turns back toward the bounce house, waves over another dad volunteer, calls out, Taking a break here, boss! Next five kids can go ahead on in. Who is this asshole? Who does he think he is to be nice and kind and supportive of me, of my kid, whom he pushed or hit, if she is to be believed? Which I really want to because I want a reason to hate him. She says you pushed her. I say, but my voice is unsure, a rickety scaffolding. I hate confrontation. But I must confront this, this random act of something toward my kid. It didn't occur to me to confront it before, though I just assumed Lydia was wrong. I just didn't listen to what she said because because they do that, they make things up so they they don't have to they don't have to confront their fears. People do that all the time. I'm so sorry, he says. Just says it. He looks at Lydia. Did I push you? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. When did I push you? She's looking at her toes. A mouse. When, when? Speak up, I say, a total bitch. It's okay, he says to me. I feel a swarm of bees in my chest. Lydia looks up at me. She wants to talk to him, but she's afraid. Of me, I suddenly realize. She's afraid of me, stuck. She doesn't want to betray me or make me mad. Go on, I say softly. She doesn't, go on, it's okay to say. I was online for the bouncy house and your arm went back, she says. He kneels down. He looks up at me asking permission to speak closely to my child. Touch her, maybe. I know I can safely give it, given that he has shown her respect and me the respect of asking questions. But I still don't want anyone touching her body. But he's clearly a better person than me and he cares more about my daughter than I do. Were you waiting online for the bounce house? He asks her tenderly, eye contact and all. Lydia nods a little, and I put my arm back and hit you. She nods again. And that hurt you, didn't it? Oh no. I am so sorry. I am so, so sorry I did that. I made a mistake. And it hurt you. That wasn't right. And I will never, never do it again. I promise. As he speaks, Lydia leans closer into him, her head down eyes on the dirt. She looks up at me. I look at her and nod imperceptibly. She stretches her arms out. He looks up at me and I nod. And he hugs her and she holds on to him. And he whispers gently, I'm so sorry. I hear you. I'm so sorry.
so sorry. I hear you. I'm so sorry. Her body goes soft and she rests her head on his shoulder. She curls her hand in front of her mouth and closes her eyes. Like a baby. When Sliver canned me, the new parenting blogger described herself as less attitude, more gratitude. In her opening salvo, when you feel the pull of despair, be grateful that you have so much to give over to the universe. I feel my vision tunneling down as I sit on the steps. I am grateful for some things, still. I hear my blood in my ears, grateful for wonder, wondering where my husband is and waiting until this afternoon for a baby who is supposed to help me. For a man who is just trying to make a commission for an answer to why my life feels over. I suppose I'm grateful it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, that number two never came along to be here for Lydia and Lydia for him or her, and that it shone a glaring spotlight on the limits of my character and my marriage. Well, I don't even know where my husband is. I haven't for, oh, what's it been, a month, six, almost a year? It's been a long time since I've known where he is. All I know is that now he has decided to call me to reach out, as they say now, here in 2018. What am I supposed to do with that? He walked out on me, leaving his wallet, keys, and phone on the, he left his phone. He left his phone. He called me on his phone. I saw his caller ID. <laughs> I mean, of course, he just got a new phone. He left. He left his phone inside the house. I stand up. My stomach flip-flops into my ribcage and down again into my pelvis. I hear a caw, caw, caw. It's that crow. I, I start running, and as I do, she takes flight. I always thought seeing red was a turn of phrase. Turns out, no. There was a peculiar smell in the house. It was a wreck. Lucinda never was a housekeeper. I tried not to get caught up. All I needed were a few of my belongings. Then, to the lawyer's office. No one was around. I wanted to see Lydia. Of course, I was not abandoning my daughter, but I was done. How is it fair to me to demand another child to go behind my back with IVF for something only one of us wanted? To refuse happiness, to refuse everything I had already provided. Her endless, intractable unhappiness. She is, she is, she is pyrocastic flow. Inferno, torch, blood, tinderbox, wildfire, girl. He is a stake. He will be consumed. The key problem was easily solved. The fake rock behind the garbage cans. I had my temporary flip phone, but I needed my contacts, all my banking information, her thoughts, poison arrows, her heart, razor wire, her tongue, a guillotine, going to devour him like a pig's ear. I run. I don't know why. I am not going to solve this bitch's problems. I'm not trying. It's not for her. I am not here to save her. It's just like the way if you see a car crash, you run towards it. You see a fireball shoot up in the sky. You want to know what the fuck is going down. What would you do? Must kill. My mistake, I realize, was calling her. He was dead. I didn't mean to. It was force of habit, sticking your tongue in a canker sore. 
I was careless and picked it up off the dresser and dialed Lucinda's phone. I should not have returned. You're dog meat, pal! Oh, shit. Pay it no mind! Now, I'm at the bottom of the stairs. Okay, I'm kind of over to the side. Like, I don't really want anybody to see me but near. I know I'm witnessing something profane. The opposite of sacred. Like, oh my god, this shit is on the dark web. All of a sudden, and I mean this, as sure as I am standing on this earth, her whole mouth opens up. Lucinda throws her head back and screams. The scream evolves into a roar. And then her jaw unhinges and she bares her white teeth like fangs, like tusks even, sharp as a fuck I can see from here and claws, actual goddamn talons shoot out of her fingers and she is hell's own goddamn freaking slobbering saber-tooth hound of hell, I shit you not, creeping dog, that's like her kung fu movie name or whatever, deliberately stalking up those steps slow as fuck. She is the Cersei dog, and her house is the little songbird singing in the bush without a clue. Up those steps she goes, snarling, tail straight, thick-ass saliva dripping from those tusks, focused on like a fucking side of beef. And then her whole body is a flame, and the flames are curling up around her like thick black smoking vines, shooting up into the sky, up through the troposphere, and then the stratosphere, and then the, then the the fuck? You know, you you know, you know, you were there. It, it, it was it was when we went to the Air and Space Museum, but but the one in Virginia. Ah, 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 ah. Then I apparently went completely insane just being near this bitch. You remember? It was the it was the the memo, the mezzo, the the mezzo, the mesosphere. Yes, yes. And then then the 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 exosphere. No, no. Then the thermosphere, and then the, right, yes, right. The the exosphere, thermos thermosphere. Then exosphere. Then space. Right there. Yeah. So how are you? Oh my God, are you for real? How am I? Where are you? The fuck? Where the fuck even are you? Uh, okay, hold up. Let's stop. Stop. This is not. This is not okay. Like. Okay, so then Lucinda was like, like creeping up those steps. I can't explain, but I feel a fuckload better and I could eat a whole, a whole, a whole rabbit or something. This isn't real. You're not real. I do not hear voices. <laughs> there's some kind of, what, like there's some kind of, of wormhole. I'm watching from a wormhole I fell into, like a, like a space pothole. One as deep as like, like the approach to the BQE from 18th Street. No, no, there's no wormhole. There's no, no speculative space structure linking two points in time, two totally unrelated points of time. No, I, I I'm, I'm just trying to, to, to get a fucking word in edgewise. I'm just trying to maybe become someone. Something. I've become something, I think. My, my voice sounds a little weird. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell my story. I am seriously considering taking an Uber to a mental hospital. Mom is a dog. A dog. A dog on fire, apparently. And she is, she's skulking up the steps. And holy shit, I can see. I can see my house. I can see my house. I can see my mom. But my mom, I, I, I can... Where the fuck even are you? I have no idea, but my spirit is clear and my body is magic. What is going on? Your mom, your mom is like fucked up. She called me, okay? But for real, where in the fuck are you? I, I can't be out here talking to myself. They're going to come and throw me in a, in a van or some shit. Look up. I don't see you. Oh my god. Are you like a, a... Mom looks like dog shit on toast. And also she's apparently an actual dog. No, that's ironic. Is that you? 
Like on the power line? Which one, the big black one or the little black one? No, I'm in the tree, apparently. What is she even doing? <gasps> She's on fire and turned into a dog, but, but, but... After the shit we've been through in the, like, last six hours, I've totally lost track of time. Whatever. Everything is real. Anything is real and possible. Everything. Trust me. What are, what, what are you doing here? I... I came here to, to tell Lucinda I lied. She called looking for you and I pretended you were with me, but, like, I can't do that shit. Because it's keeping secrets and solving problems for you, and that, like, can't be my only function in your story. Like... I need to go, maybe like take up drinking, maybe to like cope with the situation. Do you need me to hang out or, I don't know what, what's happening exactly. Wait, thank you for telling the truth, wanting to tell the truth. I'll hang out, it's fine, like NBD. <laughs> I got killed by a witch. The fuck are you talking about? But not really, I'm apparently not dead. I don't know how to explain it. Craw, craw, craw. Get back here, you little bitch. You're not done yet. Who the fuck is that? That's her! Kathleen IG416, Dorothy, the, the witch. I, 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 I met her on Instagram. There will be consequences. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Well, she's rude as hell. You're rude, you know that? Oh my god. Oh shit. The front door opens, and there he stands. Mitch is in the fucking doorway. In the doorway of our house. The calls were coming from inside the house. My husband is motherfucking lunch. I see my dad. I see my mom. I see them both. I want to run to them, but I like totally cannot run. But still, I'm like instantly there. You guys, my mom is a werewolf. She's a slobbering, stinking, matted fur, engorged gum, snot oozing from her Carlsbad cavern nostrils werewolf. It's kind of amazing, but scary AF, because she's about to have a dad sandwich, which, if we're being real, is totally fair. He's been such a fucking selfish prick lately. But she's no better. She throws her head back and howls. And I'm like, Mom has gone twilight new moon, but she cannot freaking actually eat Mitch. And then suddenly, I'm around his face, like seeing up dad's nose, and his eye boogers look massive in the corner of his eyes, and his tiny ear hair has little blobs of wax on it. My heart is a bumblebee. My, my, I see myself. I look at my, 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 my arms. They're not arms. I don't have arms per se. I'm flapping. I'm flapping. I'm flapping. I'm flapping around dad's face, protecting him, trying to protect him. What? And then Lucinda unhinges her dripping flesh fang jaws and she rises up and opens her mouth and she is going to swallow dad whole. Dad punches mom's like snout and if it's possible she gets more freaking upset like Lucinda now with even more rabies. She whips a giant fucking paw at him and smacks the side of his head and his earbuds go flying out of his ears and I'm like Jesus you can't even take your fucking earbuds out for this little battle royale dad you freaking asshole. But I'm also kind of relieved to see him and I want to fly toward him and hug him and I, and I do and then he fucking shoes me away. Like, I've got bigger fish to fry, bird. I'm dealing literally with a crazy bitch, which is not so down deeply every dude's greatest fear and secret desire. I fly away for a second, circle the tree, regroup, do some reconnaissance. And when I turn back, my parents look like Cujo and a fucking boa constrictor, and Conan the Barbarian had an insane demon baby or whatever. Mom's jaws are down over Dad's head, and Dad is squirming to keep her from, like, biting him in half. And his arms are, like, all roided out, looking like the Hulk, like his shirt is starting to shred, and he's trying to push her off. His head is totally disappearing down her gullet or whatever. Dad's been hitting the gym while Mom's been daydreaming about sucking some rando's junk and not paying attention. Jesus, these are my parents. These are my parents. 
I mean, she was in there with me. Y'all remember back in what, like episode three? That bitch was in there with me. Y'all heard it. Mom was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And, and the witch was like, blah, 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 spiral staircase, attic twat with like serious fucking boundary issues, terrorizing you for reasons that remain a mystery. And mom was like, wah, wah, wah. I hate having to do all the shit that babies require because it means I can't focus on my own stupid problems for 10 seconds. And I wanted, what I wanted was to be respected as some kind of William Faulkner for the internet generation. But instead, I'm more like a LinkedIn Irma Bombeck. And then the witch was like, blue, she isn't ready to hear me, blah. All right, that's it. That's enough. Oh, fuck. Fuck, not you. No. 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 You can't shut me up. You can't. No. Mom. Dad. Mom. Dad. Be gone, witch. I dive bomb them. Over and over again. Trying like hell to make them stop. Trying to make them understand I'm right here. I'm right here in front of them but they just brush me off and I'm caw, caw, cawing my head off, flapping like a mofo and Marva is watching. I get it, she can't deus ex machina this whole thing and fuck, this is like, this is like her fucking Saturday and I, I want to fly away. Just fly, 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 but I'm still trying to keep my parents from tearing each other into bloody confetti on this doorstep. Mom's jaw goes like all the way open like a freaking submarine hatch. She hurls her mouth on top of dad and bears down with all her might, pushing her whole dripping lichen head down over her dad. And her eyes roll back in her head. Dad is literally disappearing. Time slows down. Well, not time, but my experience of it. I watch my dad slide down my mom's descended throat. I'm transfixed. I'm horrified. It's horrifying. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But it's more like, it's, it's more than disappearing. It's like they are... It's like they are becoming one. I can literally see his hands sliding down under her skin. Her skin is redder and thinner, the skin of her hips and legs, and then her torso is swollen with his torso, and now his knees are stuck inside the bear trap of her jaw, and his legs are kicking, and his heels are landing, bonk, 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 on top of her mangy, quivering head. This is so nasty. Oh my God, for real, it's so nasty. Can't anybody else see this? I mean, I see the blue roadmap of her whole freaking circulatory system. Blood, blood coursing through her bajillion veins. And then, then they are this whole pulsing organism. And there is an audible slurp. And then it's just dad's fucking Ouija sticking out of her mouth. And then kaplow! My parents freaking explode. Oh my God, like, no, 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 no. Oh God, oh God, where the fuck am I? I'm gonna freaking, what, what the fuck is this? My heart is a spy or a, a what now? Oh no, 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 not this shit again, I can't. Oh fuck me, Mitch, Mitch. Get back here, you motherfucker! Get back here, you motherfucker! Wah, wah, wah. Lydia? Lydia? Mitch? Nope, no, Lydia. She got away with the help of one of these idiots. I don't know who you. Can it, you fucking zombie? It's bullshit anyway. You good and will know. Pay it, no man. No. Lydia, not anymore. No thanks to you. She's half of what she could be. Just a weak little bird. Quap, quap, quap. Lydia!
that's the truth. She's not here. Sometimes they escape. Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Oh, God, fuck no. No! Get me out of here. I can't be in here with, with her. No, 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 no. I'm afraid I don't know. Can it, Nimrod? Shut up. Don't talk to me like that. It's fine. Pay it no mind. I will pay it fucking mind. You can't leave me and then call me names. I didn't leave you. You left me. Who is that? Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Stop it, mother. Just fucking stop it. You stop it. You just stop it, Miss Pris, or I will smack the taste out of your mouth. Always acting up, always demanding attention. Why can't you just stop it? Leave her alone, you dotty old bitch. Thank you. Who... Who... Who are you? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Yes, I hear you. Don't listen to her. She lies. Everything fell apart because of her. She deserves what happens to her. Pay her no mind. Pay her no mind. Pay her no mind. Pay her no mind. No. 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 I hear her. I hear you. I hear her. I hear you. I hear you. I know who you are. I hear you. And I know. I know. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I hear you, and I'm sorry. No. No. No sorries. No sorries. I hear you. I hear you. No sorries. No sorries. I hear you. I hear you. I know who you are. I hear you, and I know who you are. I hear you, and I know who you are. Sometimes I am afraid. Really afraid. I'm small, and none of it matters. When you think about it, the scale of everything, when you think about it, it's true. It is only an hour's drive from here to space. 62 miles straight up in the air. But we are the only living things for light years. It feels like such a huge responsibility. We have to listen, we have to look beyond. Underneath, we have to illuminate the layers underneath. Sometimes I am afraid just a big gray rock spinning around in space. I look up. I guess it's now or never. I'm ready. Do it, 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 do it,